Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special, sexy edition to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome. This is a voice that I discovered before the show. Yeah. And I thought it was sexy. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? We're back. It's week 11, the sexiest week on the menu. Sure. That's how we're doing it these days. Just stay sexy. I got I to gotta change my pants. Hold on. <laughs> All right, we got to, we got to, let's just get right into it. The Proto Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Oh yeah, we're all back. right, man. Hold on, now I want to. Now I want to be. Now I want to be. Uh, uh, Randy Savage. Oh yeah, we're back, brother. Terrible. Nah, that was good. No, it wasn't. Man, you're too young to even remember the Macho, macho Man. Macho Man. Nah. That was better than yours. Nah, Randy Savage. That was the worst one. That was I think terrible. We all agree on that one. It's because uh, I said his name. That's hard to say. If you are trying to be macho in fantasy. Smooth transition, and you have players in the Green Bay Packers, New York Giants, Seattle Seahawks, and Tennessee Titans. Don't play them for God's mm-hmm. sakes. Don't do it. We are in. They would have scored more than David Johnson last week, though. Facts, facts. We are in right now, week eleven, which means we are only two more weeks with buys. So your perfect lineup that you've been staring at since week three, you're finally gonna be able to put it in after week thirteen. The problem is glorious. Most people who don't listen to Brodo will probably be out of the playoffs at that point. But everyone listen to this. We know you'll be playoff bound, so we are here to help you out. Um, of course, I am <laughs> I am your host, Tim Petrop. Here are my two brothers, Michael and our very special guest, Jason. I'll never get old. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Jason, how is it up there in Ithaca, man? It's cold down here. A, a freeze has hit the East Coast. Shut up. It's cold down here. Yeah, yeah. How, it how, is, how is it over there? Tell me. I'm... The feels like right now is in the teens. We got like three inches of snow. Oh, yeah? You got snow already? It's similar here, just oh, not yeah. the snow. Right now, it feels like 23. Dude, my nose on the way over here felt like it was going to fall off. Yeah, It's I... actually not that cold, though. Like, I haven't really been... I still walk home from school instead of taking the bus, like... It's not that bad. Do you know what um do you know what it is about upstate? I feel like the air is crisper up there. So the it's the the winters are crispy. It's better air. Yeah, it's better air. It, it is like air. less pollution in the air. But this morning <laughs> at least I wore a jacket and a hat. Yesterday I walked outside in the morning, it was fifty five degrees, so I just left with a sweater. Apparently there was a Supposed to be a twenty degree drop between ten a.m. and two p.m. that yep. I did not know about. It's really stupid of you. And by the time I left work, I was absolutely freezing. It was all over the news. It was like you could not miss <laughs> it. And I know you're a Twitter scroller. I don't watch the news. I know you're a Twitter scroller though, and I know you don't just just follow fantasy football accounts. It's probably eighty five percent, but I know you follow. News and I accounts. check the weather first thing every morning. That's I saw fifty five. I got excited. Oof. <laughs> I've been wearing shorts to work for the la- for until this week. You're crazy. He's called me. Crazy. I hate my jeans so much that on the way home, I way home ordered three more jeans while I was in the cold with my hands just like shivering. Dude, That's a couple of weeks ago, I went to school in uh, jeans for like the first time. Fuck jeans, bro. Dude, and then this girl I barely even talk to just turns to me and goes, 
is this the first time you're not wearing shorts? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I'm known as that guy? <laughs> I'm the shorts guy? Because I mean, I'm going to be wearing shorts for as long as I can. Facts. My, my shins need to breathe, bro. I have a tattoo on my leg, too, so I like to show it off a little bit, you know? I mean, also, the first thing I do when I get home is take off my long pants and put on basketball shorts. First thing. Yeah. And I will, I will like, my wife could be in the other room, like, like going, hi, Tim, come in here. I'm like, hold on. I need to change my pants first. <laughs> it's like that. Hi, yeah. Maria. We love you. Well, I love you the most. <laughs> That's uh, what you think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we just want to thank our sponsors before we go on. ThriveFantasy.com and the Thrive Fantasy app. If you want to win some easy, straight-up cash, the Thrive Fantasy app is where you can do it. $5,000 in cash money. Cash money. And you have to do this, just this. You have to go to the website or the app. You have to sign up. And with your first $10 deposit or more than $10 deposit, you get $10 free. That's right. You can play with a free $10. This is usually the time where I say I've been playing with my plus money the whole time and I haven't spent a single dollar of mine. I lost a couple tournaments last week, and now I'm in. I'm into the hundred dollars I put in. Shh. Yeah, but I was playing since like week one yeah. without even spending a single dollar, just winning, 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 losing a little bit, and then winning, 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 and then I decided, hey, I'm gonna play in big tournaments. And what happened? It's where they get you. That's where they get you, man. But yo, it's honestly a great experience. It's uh, all based on. Props. So you got to pick over-unders, uh, touchdowns, and things like that. And, of course, Red Cup News. Follow we're at Red Cup News on Instagram. Are you guys ready to get into this Thursday game? Always. Yeah. Good. But before we do that, I also want to tell the people to go to BrotoFantasy.com and Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy to help support. As we get into... True values are updated. Oh, true values are updated. Jason's going to be talking about true values a lot, I'm guessing, in this because he always does. That's his, that's his stat. True. Hey. True. I'm the shorts and true value guy. I was I was listening to another podcast on the way over here just to like Ugh. make sure I have everything together, which I do, of course. And there's this one guy who all of his predictions are based on like running backs and how touchdowns correlate to yards. And he swears that there's a number of yards that correlate to touchdowns. Like if you I think it's 115 yards. Equals a touchdown. And that's in throughout history. I mean, that sounds just dumb. That's It's the worst. And he's been telling people to sell Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones. It's just bad advice. Yikes. And then Yikes. he doubled down on it. I mean, look, obviously, if, if you average out the entire NFL lifetime and find how right. many yards per touchdown there is... Maybe that gives you some idea of how no, often it's going to happen. No, because they're just two numbers yeah. that are running in linear. Like, what do you call it when I the mean, two look lines are running next to each other? Parallel. Parallel. They're just running parallel. They're they're parallel. They're not causality. Yeah, that's. There's no causality in there. It's just parallel numbers. Doesn't make any sense. That's odd. Yeah, I mean, if that was the case, and everyone would have the same amount of touchdowns. Yeah, that guy must be a parallelogram. I mean, nah, he's he's generally good, he's but he's square. It was it was it was making me insane. And the reason I'm saying that is because if you're gonna base your predictions on a number, it should be true throw values and true target values, like Jason does. Ooh, um, hot damn! So let's get right into hot it. Hot water, hot shower. <laughs> uh, let's get right into it with the first game of the week. Timestamp coming. Here we go. Oh, timestamp. <laughs> Nowskis. Um, the time Steelers stamp. at the Browns. I went on a rampage. I've been going on a rampage. I have held the Steeler defense flag high for games in a row. You know, Tim, I'm going to cut you off because I have to give you props for that. 
You've been shouting out the Steelers' defense for weeks now, and now I see it everywhere. I will say, one thing I got an eye for is picking a defense that's going to be great. Two years ago— You did it with the Saints. I did it with the Saints. Last year, I did it with the Bears. This year, I'm doing it with the Steelers. And keep doing it because the Steelers' defense is going to be great again. The Browns have given up the eighth most points to fantasy defenses, but we don't really talk about defenses that much in the show. Hit us up on on Twitter, at BrotoFantasy, if you want our opinion on defenses, or check out our rankings, which Jason's and Michael's dropped today. Jason's is yours dropped today? Uh, tomorrow. 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 Mine drops tomorrow. Jason's drops tomorrow. Michael's is up right now. So if you want to go check out our rankings. Michael's is up right now. Michael's Bro- or Michael's is up right now. Wait, <laughs> you're on another level today. <laughs> Brotofantasy.com. All right. That was good. <laughs> How? How was that good? Because it sounded like the song, but it was Michael's is up I'm right now. I'm good at just creating songs with other words. Good is, a, is one way to put it. All right. So let's let's get into this. Um, let's Timmy's start jealous. on the side against the Pittsburgh defense, and that is the Browns offense. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. has been very mediocre so far this season, but continues to see a big market share. He's going against a secondary that you saw how effective Mika Fitzpatrick has been. Joe Hayden has been. Even Steven Nelson has had a really good year. Uh, Terrell Edmonds seems like he's all over the field at all points. And they have that defensive line that causes havoc on the left side of that defensive line in particular is uh, TJ Watt and TJ Watt has been a menace he's going up against that weak right side of the line in Hubbard and Teller for the Browns so with that being said what do you see out of Odell Beckham Jr. in this game OBJ is the only guy on this team that I'm like actually excited about this week and maybe it's just uh just just going back to the fact that it's OBJ and he hasn't really exploded yet. But I just feel like this week might finally be a week where he breaks out. It's a short week going up against Pitt. Um, he's had a brutal schedule recently. He went up against Tredavious White, Chris Harris, Stephon Gilmore, uh, Richard Sherman and San Fran, Marlon Humphrey. It's been very difficult for him. In the weeks where against the Jets, where he didn't have a difficult matchup, put up 161 yards and a touchdown. Against Seattle, who doesn't have a shutdown corner, 101 yards on six receptions. I think it might be OBJ week for the first time this season. Uh, it's interesting because he's been getting the target share, so it's not like he's not getting the targets. But he has had bad matchups. But here's the thing. You said he's the only guy that entices you. Are you not enticed at all by Jarvis Landry? Since the bye week, Jarvis Landry has seen 10 targets, 13 targets, and 10 targets in his in his last three games. These are all against defenses like New England, Denver, and Buffalo, who all are in the top 10 in fantasy points against, fantasy points against wide receivers, and he put up big numbers against them. You see Baker Mayfield consciously getting the ball out a little quicker as the year goes on. So with that being said, Jason, how do you feel about Jarvis Landry in this game? He's obviously been very productive recently, uh, as you said, averaging around 11 targets. The thing is, he's found the end zone the last two games. That he has. Uh, I don't know if we can rely on that. He's never been a big touchdown scorer. Baker Mayfield has one game this season with multiple touchdown passes, as disgusting as that sounds. And OBJ, uh, in our in the recent weeks where he's been performing pretty well, hasn't found the end zone. So things have been lining up just right for Jarvis Landry. I don't think... He'll find the end zone uh, this week. Pittsburgh's a very good defense. I think more along the lines of like a five-catch, 60-yard game is really what you should expect. Especially they just shut Cooper Cup out out of the slot with zero yards on zero receptions. I mean, but before that, we mentioned that Pittsburgh has been one of the worst against the slot 
this season. Well, that was actually early in the season. Since they uh, since they got Minka Fitzpatrick, they've been a lot better. Mike Hilton in the slot uh, last last week played exclusively on Cooper Cup, shadowed him, and he mentioned that in the post game, and his teammates go best slot corner in the league. So he has he has his teammates' approval. So I mean that's where it starts, right? I mean, a donut for Cooper Cup is pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Um, what about Demetrius Harris, Rashad Higgins, Antonio Callaway, and the rest of the pass catching options? Those guys you just gotta put to the side. Yeah, Hollywood found the end zone though on one reception. You're not gonna trust him this week. So no, no, Hollywood Higgins. You're talking about Hollywood yeah. Higgins. Is that like an official name or is that just your name for him? No, it's I think a it's name. an official name because he's got a he's there is a Hollywood now. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's go over to uh, the running backs. Kareem Hunt last week actually got in the game. It was mostly in the passing game, as we said it was going to be. It was mostly in two. There was a lot of two running back sets, as we mentioned, could happen. Um, four rushes for 30 yards, not going to blow anyone away, but nine targets, seven receptions for 44 yards. Ended up putting on a, a pretty decent day for his first game back. You, when you see him on the field, it's just rem, you remind yourself, like, damn, wow, this guy definitely has some talent. Um, on the other end of the stick, uh, Nick Chubb still got 20 yards. I mean, still got 20 rush attempts, still got 116 rushing yards, and still got four targets. I am under the... I am in the, the camp of this backfield has room for two guys uh, to be fantasy viable, although Nick Chubb is going to be a more fantasy viable guy. How do you guys feel about the backfield this week? If you look at what Nick Chubb has done this season, they, his numbers look identical to every other week. Like, Kareem Hunt did nothing to change anything. He really just took Dante Hilliard's role and saw a couple more targets, probably just stealing from the tight ends and the receivers. Crazy thing is, Nick Chubb has... Exactly 20 carries, five of the last six weeks. Exactly 20. Exactly 20. That's like the most consistent thing I've ever yeah, heard of. Once yeah. they get to 20, Crazy. they're like, stop. And, and, <laughs> if they're, and if they're at 18, they're like, get that man two more. <laughs> Give me one more. <laughs> no, I mean, but there's nothing really to think that he's not a back-end RB1. It's just because he's going to get you at least 10 points. And then you hope that he finds the end zone. So he's not going to kill you, but he is a tad touchdown dependent. If you want him to be an elite RB1, just because he's not going to see that much passing work. Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of the squad. Squad. Um, I mean, uh, but before we move on to Baker Mayfield, are you starting Kareem Hunt this week? Is that someone you think you could start? I like him as a flex play this week, um, the way they used him. The, uh, the Browns used two backs in the backfield more than they have even close last week compared to the rest of the season. Yeah. So they obviously want both these guys on the field at the same time, and it makes a ton of sense. I mean, they're both super dynamic running backs. He had seven receptions, too, last week. So if he's going to be that involved his first game back, I'm sure it's only going to go up. And like Jaden said, I don't really think it's going to affect Chubb. Chubb's still going to get his work, too. I think they're just going to really try to get the running backs involved, try to get the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands quick. Um, Because, honestly, the whole... Baker Mayfield leading the way obviously has not worked up until last week against Buffalo where he played pretty well, 240 passing yards and two touchdowns against a very difficult defense. It's it, There is something to note, though, that this this team does have Devin Bush. They do have Trey Edmonds. So 
if you're going to pass the running back out of the backfield, beware. They're fourth in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield. So not not necessarily something that you're looking forward to. Let's go over to the Steelers' side. On the Steelers' side, James Conner was a full participant in practice. Welcome back. Oh, yes. So sweet. Because um, so as, we, as we talked about, Jalen Samuels is not a running back, and it showed. James Conner is in line to get the bulk of the work yet again. He's going against a Cleveland defense that has been susceptible to giving up passes. So with that being said, um, James Conner, how do you feel about him? I'm sorry, giving up rushes. I said passes. James Conner, how do you feel about him? Let me some James Conner. Um, the Cleveland defense is not anything to be afraid of as a running back. They're in the middle of the packed area for points against fantasy-wise. And look, last time we saw James Conner, he had 23 rushes against Miami and three receptions. That's 26 touches. The week prior... 23 touches, 16 rushes, and 7 receptions. So he's obviously a huge part of that offense. I don't think he's going to get eased in. He missed two weeks to make sure he got healthy. I think he's just going to be right back to the James Conner party in that backfield because Jalen Samuels, like you said, is not a running back. Edmonds uh, did not play very well. And then the other guy, I can't even remember his name with the two names in his last name. They got six rushes for 11 yards. So, yeah, James Conner, I'm super hyped about him being back. I think he slots right back into being a low-end RB1. His expert consensus rankings, RB14, I think that's a joke. Um, Look, some guy with two two names that definitely does stick out, Juju Smith-Schuster, <laughs> He's he went from sucky to, hey, he's looking better, and then sucky again. Um, no one in the league has, for the first five games and the last five games, no one has seen a bigger dip in their targets to wide receivers than the Steelers. And you you expect that because of Rudolph, because when Rudolph got hurt and they had to go with the Duck Hunter guy and <laughs> and Duck Hodges. <laughs> yeah, ha, yeah. So they had to go with him. So it, it's it's been tossing and turvy a little bit. So Juju's been really a guy that you can't really start. And then you got Andre, uh, Deion, uh, I'm sorry, I was going to call him DeAndre Washington. James Washington, who has been better, has led the team in targets the last two weeks. You have uh, Deontay Johnson, who started off as Mason Rudolph's favorite target, but has been going down. So is there any of these guys that you're excited about against a uh, against a Cleveland defense that's been up and down, but also you got to remember they didn't have Denzel Ward for half the season, yada, yada, yada. Listen, in true values we trust – Juju Smith-Schuster is the 42nd-ranked wide receiver, and really there's no other reason to think otherwise, man. He scored over six points in two of the last six weeks. So 66% of the time in our recent memory, Juju has scored below six and a half PPR. Just not someone that you could trust if you're... It's crunch time now. It's week 11. If you're trying to get into the playoffs, or if you're going to get into the playoffs, Juju is not someone you could trust week in, week out. Uh, starting this week... Depending on who your options are, I'm okay with venturing him. I do think, I mean, he does have the best matchup of the receivers, though. Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward are both back, so he's going up against TJ Carey in the slot. It's the best matchup of all the receivers, and Juju has had some success against uh, teams that, like Indy, Indy plays his own defense. They don't allow deep passes. Uh, Los Angeles, he was he was being uh, shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. But last time he played Miami... Five for 100 and a touchdown. So we'll see how it goes this week against Cleveland. Obviously, there's a big boom-bust question mark with Juju Smith-Schuster, but I'm okay with him as your wide receiver three this week. Uh, Vance McDonald, 
Seven targets each of the last two weeks. The difference between those two weeks was ginormous, almost 10 half PPR points. One of them, he found the end zone. One of them, he didn't. He didn't. He also got a rush attempt, which is weird. We watched it. We were like, what the freak is going on right now? Um, but how do you feel about Vance McDonald? Is he anything more than a tight end, a touchdown t- a dependent tight end flyer? That's exactly what he is, a touchdown dependent tight end flyer. Because if he doesn't find the end zone, he's going to get you four or less, which is what happened, which is what has happened in every single game that he hasn't found the end zone. Maybe we should trademark that. To the tough. To tough. Uh, let's go to on def. to our next game, the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Now, it is very rare that the two quarterbacks in, a, in this fantasy matchup are the two guys you're like, they're going to be the guys in the offense. Because when a quarterback's usually got in the offense, it's really the wide receiver or the running back out of the backfield catching the passes who stars in fantasy. Not in these two offenses. In these two offenses, it's a Lamar Jackson show. Action Jackson and Watson. I couldn't think of anything. Something <laughs> something for Watson. You good there, um, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, let's go over to the Ravens first. Lamar Jackson has been absolutely on fire. Houston has a defense that is not scaring anyone. Uh, they got rid of Jadavion Clowney, who absolutely wreaked havoc uh, on Monday night. And then they lost J.J. Watt for the season, so their defensive line has been reeling. They bring in Vernon Hargraves, which is interesting. That secondary needed a lot of help. So Vernon Hargraves has been the worst cornerback in the league, according to PFF. He has, but we've seen people leave Tampa Bay and be great, a la Darrell Revis. Um, so we've seen that happen. So let's see. What it the may be- fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right? Dude, he sucked for that year at Tampa Bay. Yeah, and then yeah, he sucked and after, then- too. No, yeah. he didn't. He went to the Patriots, and they won a Super Bowl. I mean, it's cute. Yeah, he, don't, he wasn't great. He was great. He was on the Patriots. He was great. I mean, Malcolm Butler was great on the Patriots. It's because it's the Patriots. All right, so what I'm saying is maybe Vernon Har- Hargraves was terrible because he was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Or because he's a terrible player. It's We'll find out. That right? will. They add him uh, for whatever that's for. So anyway, Deshaun Jackson. I mean, I'm sorry, not Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Watson. F- put them together there. Um <laughs> Uh, Lamar Jackson. What do you think about Lamar Jackson? This Dude, week? all right. You just said Lamar Jackson I did. Sean Watson I like did. eight times. I mean, I confused <laughs> them. I got them together. I'm, I'm, uh, you know what? Uh, the perfect quarterback in the league, I feel like, would be would be Deshaun Jackson because you'd have Deshaun Watson's arm no. and decision-making. Why are we still and doing And Lamar this? Jackson's legs. That would be fire. No, Lamar Mahomes. Lamar Mahomes. No. Okay, you're Patrick right. Wilson, Mahomes, and Russell. Obviously. Yep, that's the answer. Now, what about Patrick Jackson? What about Russell Jackson? Russell Jackson's interesting. Russell Jackson's a good one. <laughs> These all sound like... Lamar Wilson. Falco! These all sound like beast-ass <laughs> quarterback names. Just saying. How about how about Joe... Shane Falco. Rosen. Joe Flacco and Josh Rosen. Fire. <laughs> Super Bowl winning. <laughs> Tandem right there. Now that's over. Yeah, Lamar Jackson... Do we really have to say anything about Lamar Jackson? Dude's no. a monster. Start him. 29 against uh, New England, 33 against Cincy. He is a locked and loaded uh, QB1 every single week. He's on pace to break the overall record ever for QBs in fantasy. So that's all you need to know about Lamar Jackson. Jason? That's marvelous. Okay. I'm going to take that for what it's worth. Um, 
the tight end Mark Andrews, who me and Michael have a nice friendly rivalry going for, finally did what the good Lord intended him to do, and he scored, and he scored well last week, 20 half PPR points. Uh, but with that being said, Houston has been good against the tight end this season, have number ranked number three in DVOA against the tight end, so one of the best teams in the league. They, they uh, brup, brup, brup. They're giving up the 27th most points to the tight end. But Mark Andrews is not just a tight end. Mm. Mark Andrews has the ninth most yards out of the slot this season. Yeah, see. Which is a stat that I didn't even know about until I saw it on. And who's going to be in the slot? Vernon Hargraves. Oof. I mean, there's nothing not to like about Mark Andrews again this week. He's the number one receiver for a good quarterback, man. Yeah, I agree. I have uh, Mark Andrews right up there in my. Top five tight ends. There's another tight end I want to talk about on this team, though. Because if you have Mark Andrews, you're starting him. Nick Boyle hmm. is becoming more and more interesting. What the what? Five targets, five receptions, 27 yards, and a touchdown two weeks ago. Four receptions, 78 yards on four targets last week. Back-to-back double-digit half PPR fantasy games out of the number two tight end, who also runs a bunch of routes for that team because, as we know, Looking at true throw value, too, Lamar Jackson is a top-notch fantasy QB, but he runs too much. That's where most of his points come from, so it's not like he's going to carry a bunch of people with him. But Nick Boyle becomes someone who's interesting in two tight end leagues and someone to maybe consider adding to the end of your bench. Uh, Boyle rules. <laughs> uh, what about uh, Mark Ingram? Mark Ingram has fallen off a cliff, it seems, in fantasy terms. Jason, how do you like him in what should be a high-scoring game? I did say you should bet your mortgage that Mark Ingram was going to score last week. True. If you guys recall. I mean, he's playing Cincinnati, so can't really say otherwise. The thing is with Mark Ingram, he doesn't see that many touches. So he's kind of touchdown dependent at this point. Because if you look at his backups last week, Gus Edwards had four touches. Uh, Justice Hill had three. That's not odd. That's the normal amount of touches that these backups get. Gus Edwards usually gets a little more and Justice Hill usually gets a little less. Mark Ingram only saw nine rushes, and that's probably because Lamar Jackson was spin-moving his way to glory. That was, that was exactly ridiculous. It. Yeah, but nine rushes, and then if you look at the past few weeks, 15, 12, 13, he's, he's, a, he's a touchdown-dependent RB2 at this point, but he's still someone you got to fire up every week because he's in such a prolific offense. And as you said, this Houston defense, their line is depleted. Yeah, uh, I agree, but it's... If he doesn't find the end zone, you're probably going to be disappointed. But this should be a slobber this matchup, this week. So Yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring one. Speaking of that, do you think Hollywood uh, Brown, the real Hollywood, uh, gets any work and makes a big play? Yeah, Hollywood Brown finally got back on the map last week, mm-hmm. uh, played the full game back to Hollywood Brown ways. He started the game with a big catch. The, geez, that was ridiculous the way the Ravens started the game like a 50-yard pass to uh, Marquise Brown, and then two plays later was a touchdown to Mark Andrews. Could not start the game better. But, yeah, now he has another tremendous matchup against Houston because their uh, secondary is atrocious. So, I mean, he went four for 80 and a touchdown against uh, Cincinnati. I expect him to get more than four targets this week against Houston. So he's a – obviously he has some floor because of the way that offense runs, literally runs. But he has a lot of upside this week against Houston. He had he was only in for forty percent of the snaps last week, which they ran so little plays because they were scoring so quickly. Nineteen snaps was forty percent of their snaps. Crazy. 
Um, when the team's having that little snaps, it's it's hard to get some fantasy reduction uh, about that. What about any other pass catchers for the for these Ravens, Jason? Sneak. I just want to say Sneak, but you, no, you can't trust them. All right, so let's go over then to the Houston side. Uh, Deshaun Watson against a pretty good defense, although they've been eligible, uh, not eligible, they've been uh, susceptible to getting beat in the air. Marcus Peters has really been playing super well since he's gotten there. He's been using his his ball-hawking skills, and it's this is a situation where it seemed like he just wasn't in the right place when he was with the Rams. He comes here. Now his ball-hawking skills are – now you could use them a little more when you got Earl Thomas behind you, when you have Chuck Clark behind you, when you have the other cornerbacks like Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey in at the same time, when you have Brandon Carr uh, in the backfield with you playing safety now for the Jimmy first time Smith's this year. Back. Jimmy Smith's like back. I mentioned Jimmy Smith already. So, like, now he's surrounded by all this talent – and now he can shine a little better. Um, but does that scare you in any way from these pass catchers? Let's start with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he has seen an almost 30% target share since Will Fuller was out. The thing is, Will Fuller is back. So if Will Fuller comes back, does that scare you for DeAndre Hopkins? You know, listing all those names on the Ravens defense, I'm surprised it's not better. Do you know what it is? They're, it's just their front, their linebackers are not the same as it was. Their front. Uh, Matthew Judon has had a good season. I I mentioned watch out for Matthew Judon, uh, but their their front seven is not the same as it used to be. Matthew Judon's funny, but DeAndre Hopkins is first in true target value. Um, he is projected to score in full PPR twenty points in standard fourteen. Uh, so really about as safe a bet as you can get. And I understand the whole Will Fuller's coming back thing, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, I think he'll steal targets from Kenny Stills. QT is just doesn't really play anymore. Uh, I feel like Duke Johnson uh, might be the person who sees less targets with Will Fuller coming back because he's been getting more and more involved. But at some point, the targets, DeAndre Hopkins needs to get fed. Uh, Darren Fells is going to see his four targets a game. So I'm not concerned with Will Fuller coming back about the target share. DeAndre Hopkins this season has only had one game less than eight targets. Uh, He'll be all right. Yo, guys. I got to point this out because I don't know how I didn't know that this was the case, but Patrick Ricard, the fullback, he's also their DT. Like, he's a defensive tackle and fullback for that team. Like, that has nothing to do with fantasy football, but once I kept hearing Ricard on both sides of the ball and was so confused. Well, not confused. I was just like, okay, there's two different Ricards. I recently found out they're the same, and it blew my mind. <laughs> that is a little mind-blowing. Right? I'm not going to lie. Um, for that guy. But with that being said, um, I'm with Jason. Uh, you got to start DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. Number one in true throw value, and the upside is ridiculous. Will Fuller, more of if he's back healthy, definitely a boom-bust option. But we see how low his bust could be. We see how high his boom could be. That's what he is. That's and what he's this should be, be a... Slobber knocker, slugfest, so the booms might be there. Even if he catches one 40-yard touchdown and then is quiet the rest of the game, and it'll be worth it in your wide receiver three slot. Uh, Carlos Hyde, last time he was on the field, we saw him have a career day um, in the land of the, the Englishman. Uh, 19 rushes for 160 yards, but he lost a fumble. Uh, he, after the bye week, a little bit tougher. Baltimore has been staunt, staunt, staunch. Against the run, um, how do you feel? You already mentioned that Duke Johnson might feel might get a little bit less work now that Will Fuller's back. But how do you feel about these pass catchers? 
I mean, I'm sorry, these running, running backs. backs. I mean, Carlos Hyde, he's like the Will Fuller of their running back team. He has a low floor, but he also could score. Actually, he's nothing like Will Fuller. Scratch Yeah, that. what are you talking about? Because he's basically the worst James White. Or better James White. <laughs> Just forget these comparisons, okay? Because <laughs> he could score four. He could score 14. Those are his lows and highs. He's probably going to score somewhere in between. You could put him in your flex, but the upside really isn't there against Baltimore. He basically needs to find the end zone to have a really decent game. And I don't know if he's going to find the end zone against Baltimore. It's a tough matchup. They are coming off a bye, though, which helps. But, I mean, I'm, I still like Duke Johnson a little bit too, man. Three of the last four games, he's had double-digit fantasy points. He's getting involved on the ground and through the air. So he did have seven rushes last time he played against Jacksonville. Five receptions as well. So at least five targets in each of the last three games. But yeah, Will Fuller coming back probably does damper his outlook a little bit. Oh, Jason, what about Kenny Stills? Um, He was a dart throw to start. He's still a dart throw. Yeah, uh, and if Will Fuller's back, it's tough to trust because this probably will be a high-scoring game. So if you want to put Stills in your flex, I suppose I wouldn't do it. Uh, what about Darren Fells? Is there enough? Darren motherfucking Fells, the touchdown machine, has f- five touchdowns in the last five games. Uh, in two of those games, he had the two touchdowns. So I'm fibbing a little bit. I'm making it sound a little bit better. But like, what more do you want from a tight end at this point that might be on some waiver wires and that you could throw in to your starting lineup 15 10 4 21 7 like he's never gonna kill you and put up a donut or he's gonna catch a touchdown and give you a nice game uh so i'm all aboard the darren fells train i have evan ingram in one league and i picked up darren fells to start him i don't see why you'd give anyone like irv smith or kasicki or even tj hawkinson a shot over him all right, let's go over to our next game, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. We'll start with Jacksonville because they're the they're the most interesting one because Nick Foles comes back. And Nick Foles played about three quarters so far this year. So you could throw everything out from what you've seen. The one thing we do know, though, is that D.D. Westbrook got seven targets. And we know that Nick Foles loves throwing to his, uh, to his slot receivers. So with that being said, is it time for you to take a chance on D.D. Westbrook? And does this mean the end for what we've seen from D.J. Chark? D.J. Chark. I mean, I'm not going to say it's the end of D.J. Chark. He's been so good this well, season. Uh, it's uh, a, uh, uh, uh. I, I don't understand why. It's you, the end. But look, D.J. Chark, like he's been so good this season. Obviously, it's not just the end just because Nick Foles is coming back. Yes, Nick Foles has favored D.D. Westbrook in his very limited past, but it's a very, very limited past, and DJ Chark has really blossomed into a 1A type of receiver. He's had some down games recently, 6, 9, 17, and 5 and half PBR, so he's really shown more of a floor than he did in the beginning of the season. Indy likes to limit big plays, which also might hurt Chark a bit, but I mean, I'm rolling Chark out there as a wide receiver too, and D.D. Westbrook, I'm okay. It looks like he's going to be back. I'm okay with putting him in your wide receiver three or flex spot because he has looked good recently. Um, Before he got hurt, he went 8, 9, 12, 7, and 15 and half PPR, so he's not killing anyone. Nothing crazy, but it's at least decent uh, flex play each week. So he's someone I'm okay with slotting in as a low-end wide receiver three or flex play. Yeah, he's even uh, in true... 
target value, 31st. So he's been producing at a pretty nice rate. I'm all aboard starting him as a wide receiver three. I don't think you need to wait and see with Nick Foles. Hmm, interesting. What about D.D. Westbrook? Would you start him right away, or would you wait That was D.D. Westbrook. That's what I was my, talking my about. My bad, my bad. All right, so what about, I'm sorry, D.J. Chark. Would you start him right away, just like you've been doing, or would you wait and see what happens with Nick, Nick Foles? I mean, I'm not going to bench him. Uh, obviously, like, D.D. Westbrook, I, I'm going to agree with Tim here, disagree with Michael. It, he's probably the safer play, even though it's only been a little while. We've seen Nick Foles on other teams, too. Uh, but I do think that you still got to throw DJ Chark out there. He's been too good, and he's been he's just made plays. Like, it wouldn't matter who's throwing the ball. He's making the plays. Uh, so you got to keep giving him that shot to see what he can do. Although, he has uh, – he's been tapering off a little bit. Speaking of putting in work, Leonard Fournette has had 100 yards of um, offense over his past five games. One of the – Wonders of this season is how Leonard Fournette has so much work and only has one touchdown. Definitely something that yeah. if you're a Leonard Fournette fan, you're going to be like, what the hell's going Tell on? Tell that guy that you were talking about earlier today that that's happening. Yeah, he thinks that Leonard Fournette's going to be the MVP because he's going to score touchdowns <laughs> for, the next, for the next six weeks. But with It's that, science. I mean, with that being said, more likely an actual correlating stat is that the Jaguars have run the 30th most plays, or a.k.a. the third least plays, in the red zone this season. So they haven't been in a, a, that red zone team. They've been scoring from out deep on some big plays by Gardner Minshew and and so on and so forth. So with that being said, does that change with Nick Foles now in? I don't think it really changes Leonard Fournette's role at all. Uh, it's not like Nick Foles is this big armed guy who's going to come in and just they're going to start slinging it everywhere. Nick Foles is more of a game manager anyways. So I really don't expect much to change uh, offensively from Minshew to Foles. So I expect... Fournette to keep the role that he had. It's a little bit of a difficult matchup here against Indy. They've been good against the run, but he his volume is just so dependable each week and his work in the passing game as well. The fact that he only has one touchdown is pretty funny. If he finds an end zone, he becomes an elite RB1 for that week. If he doesn't, he's a high-end RB2, low-end RB1 even, depending on the yardage and reception total. So you got to just plug and play him. By the way, Fournette, 72 yards last week. Obviously not 100 yards. Five games of 100 yards before that. Um, so that's the Jacksonville side. Let's go over to the Indianapolis side where it looks like Jacoby Brissett should be back. Have you guys seen a, a, a very recent update for that? Because the last night check, he should be back. Uh, I don't know. I'm hoping he comes back uh, for Zach Pascal and the rest of the offense's sake. But we just got to keep monitoring it the whole way through. So, I mean, the rest of the offense is going to be hindered on that. So let's act like he is back. Someone else who's back, activated today, Devin Funches. Fun. Anything interesting? Yeah. Any uh, any stock and maybe stashing Devin Funches if you have room on your roster. Devin Funches is a tall man who can't move much. <laughs> Jason's never liked Devin Funches. He, he, he did, but this team needs a number one. Zach Pascal's a number one. So does he slot in? Because they paid him to be their number two at least. I'd be shocked if he had a huge role coming back from this injury. In all honesty. But, I mean, you could do worse with a flyer while T.Y. Hilton's out. If T.Y. Hilton ends up being out a long time, it could be could be interesting down the stretch. They refuse to, to rule out T.Y. Hilton for this game. But he has not practiced, and he's listed as doubtful. Yeah, I mean, he's not playing. But they haven't ruled him out yet, which makes me curious. But while we're on the topic of people that I think suck, uh, Marlon Mack. Go ahead. 
I just wanted to say Marlon Mack. He ended his. He ended can you his, guys uh, admit that he sucks? Too. I mean, he's. I mean, we didn't like him at ADP. We, yeah, or we anything. all we were not Mack guys. I don't think any of us own a single not, Mack. You, that's right, age. but you guys. No. All right, you guys weren't as extreme as I was. But <laughs> that's true. We all did fade away a little bit. He's basically Carlos Hyde, dude. Look at his numbers. Yeah, he is. He's a touchdown dependent, boring ass dude. <laughs> Uh, so if you want to keep throwing him out there with this fake excitement, you know, he's, he's he's ninth in the expert consensus ranking. Yo, Jay, he's I literally toss my computer out of this room. Carlos Hyde, he's 750 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Carlos Hyde is 704 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Thank you. There you go. And Marlon Mack is Carlos Hyde. Marlon Mack is being ranked in the top 12 every week. Carlos Hyde's being ranked 28th every week. The only thing that's off is that people still think Marlon Mack is his RB1 from the preseason. Despicable take. Just completely despicable. And it's still despicable. Stop despicable. looking at he had that one ESPN game. and in- whatever else and putting him in your lineup over other guys. No. No. He's he's not that good. He had that one game in primetime where everyone's like, he's the next Le'Veon Bell. He looked like Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Against KC when they just yeah. dominated, and he has, and they have a good offense. But then again, KC has been one of the worst off defenses against running backs this week, this year. So, considering his yards per carry wasn't that high, he just got a lot of volume. Yeah. So I mean, nothing, nothing goes against. And he's Jason, a mid level RB too. I will say this: after that big game, Jason was still strong on the I hate Marlon Mack bandwagon. Um, so kudos to Jason. What about this outside pass catchers? We haven't gone over them yet. Pascal, Rogers, Johnson. Jason, you've been on the Pascal bandwagon. Um, you can even throw the tight ends in there. Ebron, uh, Doyle. You saw Doyle with the touchdown last week from Brian Hoyer. Um, any of these guys that you're excited to start against a Jacksonville pass defense that is not as good, obviously, without Jalen Ramsey, but hasn't been the worst? You know, obviously it helps if J- uh, Jacoby Brissett comes back. Because even though I don't like Jacoby Brissett too much. Yeah, you're an idiot last <laughs> week. Yeah, it's not even a big difference with Brian Hoyer. You Hoyer me. did not. Hoyer did not look very good. You don't you can, say. You convinced me and I started Zach Pascal over fucking Christian Kirk. Yeah, I made fun of you for that. Oh, come on. Dude, I what know, are you talking right? About? And I still scored 140 points in that league. I would have put up 170 and I would have been first in points in the whole league. All right, but don't blame me for that. I had Kirk over Pascal. <laughs> I, I had I had Pascal 12, Kirk 13, so it wasn't like it was that far off. Jeez, you had Pascal high. Yeah, I mean. I had him at 20. Either way, I'm still cool with Pascal to start this week as a wide receiver three or flex. <laughs> I mean, it was one week. Like, his entire career when T.Y. Holden's out, he's been a solid wide receiver, too. And we're going to let one week change that? Dude, DeAndre Hopkins is down weeks. I know Zach Pascal's not on that level, but, like, if we're going to put him on this... Pe- we're gonna, <laughs> if we're going to put him on this pedestal, of course he's not going to reach it. So, all right, it's a down week. But I'm I'm still aboard the train. Yeah, that's, I, I'm... This, I don't know, the pass catchers are all very dependent on Kobe Brissett for me. They become a lost let of... A lot less appealing with Brian Hoyer. A, a lot less? A lot less appealing if Brian Hoyer's playing. What about the tight ends? Jack Doyle now has outscored. He seems like the guy. Eric Ebron seems like an afterthought. Um, You must be out of your damn mind, Tim. Why? Guess how many targets Eric Ebron had last week? Hmm. 12. Oh, shit. Shit blew my mind, <laughs> too. Okay, maybe 12 not. targets, 5 receptions, 56 yards. But oddly enough, the reason you say that is I- because fantasy-wise... Jack Doyle's been the one finding the end zone. Yeah, the past couple weeks. He went three for 44 and a touchdown, but he only had four targets to Ebron's 12, so I prefer Ebron this week. Yeah, uh, but again, (laughs) 
It depends if Brissett or Hoyer is going to play. It depends on if T.Y. Hilton comes back. He shouldn't be. It depends if Devin Funches plays. This all has a lot to do. So the Indianapolis team, keep an eye on our rankings heading into Sunday. Be honest. I know you, Michael, Michael was a champion this week. Uh, we usually split half and half of the true target value input formula. Yeah. Michael did it himself this week because I just had a busy week. And when you put 12 in for Ebron, did you go, what the fuck? It blew my mind. Yeah, I, right? I didn't know if it was correct. Wow, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, let's go over to our next game, the New York Jets at the Washington Redskins. Dwayne Haskins named the starter for the rest of the season. He will start in this game, which is good news for Jet fans. Um, let's go to the to the offense. It looks like this is the game that finally we get Darius Geis back. So do you put any stock into him this week? Nope. <laughs> I mean, there's quick. no way you could start Darius Geis this week, week, dude. The Jets are second in DVOA against the run. They just held Saquon Barkley to one rushing yard on 13 attempts. Absolutely ridiculous. And now you have uh, a situation with Geis where AP has been awesome recently. A lot better than you'd expect at this ripe age he's at of like 34 or something of that sort. Yeah, he's over 76 yards each of the last four games rushing, which is absurd. So I don't think they're just going to take him out right away. Maybe they'll start mixing in Geis more. I do expect the Geis to get a lot of pass-catching work as well. But if you're trusting Darius Geis this week, it's because you're really, really struggling. Shout-out to Jordan Jenkins, outside linebacker, defensive end, who's been having a pretty good year for the Jets and one of the reasons why they've been so good against the run. Um, Jason, Terry McLaurin in this game would usually be, hell yeah, I want to start him. Going up against Brian Poole, who hasn't been bad, but hasn't been good at the same time. I, PFF has him ranked seventh among all tight cornerbacks, so maybe I'm the one that's going crazy, but I don't see seventh among quarterbacks. The Jets do have a pretty good secondary um, when Harrison's not getting completely exposed. So with that being said, can you start Terry McLaurin in this game? Listen, my heart wants to say yes. But my body is telling me no. No, 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 R. Kelly, we can't, we can't talk about R. Kelly anymore. Remember. But my formula is telling me no. There you go, thank you. He's 50th <laughs> formula in true target value. So formula. He's been overperforming, and you know, talented people overperform sometimes. But there's so far talent can bring you when your quarterback is a giant piece of awfulness. Well, for now, uh, we so, don't know that he is. You know, he's a rookie. For Did now, I say Dwayne now. Haskins is the worst quarterback in the history of the NFL and has no shot in his career? No. At right now, You're not he's talking a about player. Mitch Trubisky. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it. So, man. if he was 50th in true target value with Case Keenum, nah. Just, I mean, if you want to put him in your flex and, you know, hold that hope a little bit and play with your heart, sure. And I know it's a good matchup. Like, I, my heart wants to tell me yes, but my. Formulas telling me no. What about uh, AP? Any, any any AP love? Not if guys comes back, right? Both of them. I prefer AP as a. He's an average flex play, but I really don't want to trust any of them. Um, I'm McLaurin else? man. I'm. I just can't hop off the McLaurin train. Like I'm kind of still okay with using him as a wide receiver three. This is like the best matchup you could possibly have against the outside Jets uh cornerbacks with Hairston and Mallette and Travis. It's just a medley of guys that they're trying to figure it out with. There is a league where I'm starting him because I have Golden Tate on by and I have Devontae Adams on by. 
So I have him in there as a wide receiver three this week. So, I, I mean, the Jets have been second giving up fantasy points to the wide receiver. So they've been giving him up big. And you yeah. saw Darius Slayton have a big game last week. So, hey, maybe Terry McLaurin. Sean Parker and Williams have a good game with Fitzpatrick against us. Basically everyone who Hairston is guarding, basically. Nate Hairston, who we got from the Colts, and which no wonder we got him from the Colts. Um, I said we. That's not good. Um, let's go over to the New York sideline, who all of a sudden looked pretty good against a pretty bad uh, secondary last week. Sam Darnold was pressured on almost every play. That guy has no time in the pocket. Still managed to have a really good game last week. So is Darnold turning that corner that we saw him turn last week? And if so, um, can you stream him in this game? I really gosh darn hope so as a Jets fan. As a streaming fantasy analyst without any bias at all, uh, it's tough to trust Sam Darnold this week. He had a good game last week. Uh, it was nice to see compared to what he has been doing. I have him like QB 17 this week, so it depends how your um, league deals with quarterbacks. Some leagues, every person owns two QBs, and it's weird, so you might be stuck with starting Sam Darnold. He did rush for a touchdown last week, though, which boosted his stats. He ended with 22. If that was a regular passing touchdown, it would have been 20. So it's a decent game, but 16, 14, and 22 the last three weeks. You could probably expect something around there again, somewhere between 15 to 19 points is what I'd expect against Washington. So I don't I don't think he has this super low floor, but the ceiling isn't going to be super high either. Uh, Jameson Crowder has been fantastic. Uh, he's been a fantasy stud the last couple weeks. He's going against Fabian Mar- Moreau in the start, who's been god awful. Um, so you got to start Jameson Crowder in this game, right? I'm, also, I'm... revenge game. Revenge. Oh, right. Revenge is best. That's Revenge game. Uh, over eighty yards the last two games, five and eight catches. He's been the number one receiver. I tweeted about this. The Jets are coming out hot. Every, every game, week. every game, and every single one of those drives, Jamison Crowder has at least three touchdowns. <laughs> three <I'm> touchdowns, <laughs> at least three catches, and then the rest of the game he catches two balls. It's ridiculous. I don't understand what's happening. Like the offense is so much better when they're getting it out quick to Jamison Crowder because that offensive line is r- ridiculously bad. Yeah, I agree. Michael? No, I agree. Uh, but he, I, with that being said, like you said. A tremendous spot against tomorrow. I have him as my wide receiver 22, so I'm higher than him on him than most this week. Uh, someone you said you could drop with certainty is uh, Robbie Anderson. Drop it like it's hot. But with that being said, he is going against Josh Norman, who has been getting crushed. So, I mean, any hope? Is, is this your last hope for Robbie, or is it over? I mean, knowing the Jets and knowing fantasy, Robbie Anderson is going to go off this week. He's going to be started against Oakland next week, and he's going to have another dud. We're talking about a guy who has not surpassed six fantasy points since week six. Like, that's, yes, there's a boom potential. We saw it against Dallas, but it has not been happening often, and he's just been really bad of late. So I don't know how you could really trust him as more than, like, a wide receiver five at this point. Robbie Anderson's a really, like, good Receiver at getting the top, like opening the top off the defense, but man, is he like he might be the weakest wide receiver ever? Yeah, like he catches any ball that's not a streak, and you're like, oh shit, he's gonna fumble. I mean, it's probably why he went undrafted. He's like ridiculously small. What about Demarius Thomas, who's been getting peppered with targets the last few weeks? 
Yeah. Yeah. What is good with that? DT, it blows our mind. I'd rather start DT than Robbie Anderson this He's week. going against Quentin Dunbar, though, who's had a really good week. I mean, had a good, really good year. PFF has him as the second best cornerback in the league. Yeah, he's been awesome. But DT has been the second most targeted Jet over this time span uh, the last few weeks. So, And he has 7, 8, 6, 9, 3, 11. Again, similar to James White. They're not going to kill you. Uh, 7, 8, 6, 9, and 11. But it's like it's super ugly. It's such a low, uh, such a low ceiling. But if you if you're really really struggling, you could do worse in your flex spot than DT. Hope he if he finds the end zone, he finally has a a good game for the first time this season. Seems like a safe floor. More than an average. Yeah. What about uh, so Chris Herndon out for the season? Um, unfortunately, those those that's what happens. You get you're out for four games. You're cold. You come back, try to go full speed, your hamstring gets injured, and those soft muscle tissues, they linger, they linger, they linger, and then you go out. How many times have we seen this in the NFL? We must have seen it 500 times already. So you kind of know what's going to happen before it even happens. With that being said, Ryan Griffin was on a hot streak before Chris Herndon got back. Is there any start potential in Ryan Griffin? Ryan Griffin's interesting just because he has those uh, big touchdown games, but... I'm not interested in him at all. Like, if you're starting Ryan Griffin, you're really struggling, is the way I see it, because he also has zero floor potential, which he has done four different times this season. He scored zero. So, well, not... You're not... He hasn't scored zero four times. He scored one or less four times. You're not interested in one catch for negative two yards? <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> what about Le'Veon Bell, who found the end zone last week, still wasn't really productive, looked like the injury was slowing him down a little bit, but he is a full participant in practice this week, not on the injury report as of right now. So with that being said, the Jets think they have a shot at the playoffs. That's what the locker room's talking about. If they win out. They're 2-7. and seven. They have an easy schedule. They think they're going to have a shot at this playoffs. So with that being said, they're going to want to run Le'Veon Bell and this is a Washington defense that is 22nd in DVOA against the running backs. So what do you think? I mean, real talk, though, you, with the Jets, I could see them beating Washington, Oakland, Cincy, and Miami. Just yeah. saying. So, yeah. Oakland, Oakland looks a little, is a little harder. Oakland's harder than, the most difficult of the four. Good team. John Gruden, Jay, what were you saying, well, my man? He's a, the best part about Le'Veon Bell is he's involved in the pass game again in actually good uh, receptions too, not what's his face, Luke Falk behind the line of scrimmage for 10 yards receptions. So three catches three weeks ago, eight, four. He's making himself a nice floor because he has not been efficient these last few weeks because that's an awful offensive line. But if he's scoring in the teens uh, with this awful offensive line, not finding the end zone, although he did last week, uh, there's a solid floor and a high upside for Le'Veon Bell. So I'm I'm feeling better. Uh, about him right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I like Le'Veon Bell this week. I think this is the first week where he actually like has a Le'Veon Bell type fantasy performance. Maybe puts up a couple touchdowns. Um, let's go over to the Broncos uh, at the Vikings. Our next game on the agenda. Uh, the <laughs> let's go with the Broncos because the Broncos are basically very simple. They're a running show, and that's how it's going to be. But with that being said, Cortland Sutton still got his, even with. A rookie quarterback in Brandon Allen. Well, not a rookie quarterback. A first-year starter, should I say. Uh, Brandon Allen uh, very, being very, very conservative. So with that being said, how do you like Cortland Sutton, who's been playing out of his mind, and he's getting Xavier Rhodes, who's been extremely beatable this year? Yeah, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, whoever throwing out there has not been good. Their secondary has been a lot worse than years past. So 
look, Brandon Allen really limits Sutton's upside, in my opinion, just because he's he, he completed 12 passes last week. I mean, yes, Sutton turned out 56 yards and a touchdown. But Five he, of those were to Sutton. Yeah, but if he didn't make that spectacular touchdown catch, he could have easily ended four receptions for 30 yards, and now we're talking, is he startable? But he does, though. He did make that catch, but that's yes. what, that, And that's why I'm comfortable with Cortland Sutton, even with a sucky quarterback, because he makes catches like that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have him as a low-end wide receiver, too, this week against Minnesota, but there's a low floor that you have to worry about here with Brandon Allen at QB, and to think that's not true is stupid. Ah, of course. But the, he, they are playing... Six most fantasy points to wide receivers is the Minnesota Vikings. Like their secondary has been awful. Yeah, it's been really. I bad. think it is incorrect to not expect a poor game with Brandon Allen under center. You just use a double negative. I'm a little confused. Yeah, same. To not expect a poor game, you should expect a poor game. You should expect a poor game. I think so. I mean, if you look what he's done, he's been so efficient this year. Cortland Sutton, he has one game with like oh more than six catches. Uh, like he's doing this through efficiency. He's catching touchdowns with Brandon Allen throwing the ball twelve for twelve completions last week. It just I know I've been wrong about Corlin Sutton in the past this season, but he's no more than a wide receiver three for me. So I mean, if you're selling Corlin Sutton, are you selling the rest of these pass catching options too, including Noah Fant who had a big game? Selling? That's a odd term to use. The trade deadline is probably over in most leagues. But who'd you ask me about? No offense. Just the, all the pass catches, including no offense. If you're hearing a light whistle right now, sorry about that. Our heat is on because it's the wintertime. Because it's cold <laughs> out here for a pant. Yeah. Uh, rookie tight end is what I'm going to say. Rookie tight end, first-year quarterback. Nah, no offense. So this is going to be, it looks like, a heavy run offense. So with that being said, do you like the freeman Lindsay combination against a very good front seven for the for the Minnesota Vikings that's been good against the run? Nah, 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 nah. So you don't want any <laughs> you don't want any Broncos. Like no I'm one worried about the Broncos outlook this week. Yes, I don't know why that's so crazy when they're actually going up against a good team with Brandon Allen at quarterback. So yes, I'm a little worried about their outlook. Cortland Sutton's the only guy I'd want to use, but I wouldn't want to use him expecting big numbers and Philip Lindsay he's been solid this season but he's had low floor games like he has four games this year under 10 half PPR fantasy points one at 10 and then five over 10 so I mean there's a good shot Philip Lindsay ends with half the games 10 or less half PPR fantasy points I would not be shocked if this is the game where it happens again because Minnesota Minnesota like you said has been a very stout front seven they're just riddled with talent there a lot more, a lot different than their cornerbacks when it comes to their front seven. So it's it's a tough matchup for Lindsey and Freeman this week. Uh, let's go over to the other side then. Let's go because I'm not talking about Allen. Let's go over to the other side. Dalvin Cook has become a guy. <laughs> I'm not talking about Allen. <laughs> has become a guy where if Christian McCaffrey didn't exist, you'd be talking about him being the best fantasy running back in the league. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people were high on Dalvin Cook. For me, I was kind of avoiding Dalvin Cook in some ways because of his injuries. With that being said, though, in the one league where I have a Dalvin Cook share, that's my best league, where I'm in first place and I'm leading the league in points. I don't think that's a coincidence. I hopped on board more once they got Gary Kubiak, yeah. who's a wizard in the running game. Yeah, you mentioned that in our in our preview special. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, so you're going to start Dalvin Cook no matter what the matchup is. He's a good he's High-end RB1. High-end RB1. With that being said, though, 
Stefan Diggs. What the hell do you expect out of this guy? Because now he's drawing Chris Harris, and Chris Harris uh, has been really good uh, this season. You know what? There's two Harrises on the on the Broncos, and I forget playing cornerback right now, Devontae Harris and Chris Harris. And I was looking at Harris, and I'm like, yo, I know Chris Harris is playing well. Why does PFF have them ranked 57? That's stupid. But then I look over, and it's not the, it's the wrong Harris. But anyway. Way to go, guy. Um, Harris no, is no. probably going to be on Stephon Diggs. Follow him around. He's been following people around all year. Uh, he goes from a slot corner, Harris, to really proving himself now as the guy who can shut down number ones. So Stephon Diggs has been shut down the last couple games. How do you guys feel about Stephon Diggs? It's risky this week, man, being shadowed by Chris Harris. We, we've seen the last couple weeks – Against KC, who's good against outside defenders, and last week against Byron Jones, we've seen Stefan Diggs be his big games have been not there, uh, highly negated recently. And look, Chris Harris is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He used to just be a strictly slot corner. This year, he's been moving around, shadowing. He hasn't been as good as he typically is. But Stefan Diggs is in for a tough matchup here, and. They're beatable in other spots, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is a Dalvin Cook, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith type of game, and um, he and Stefan Diggs disappoints again because it's it's definitely it's the big plays are limited against Denver as well with Chris Harris. The safeties have been playing great, so it's tough. It's tough to trust Stefan Diggs as like a big time wide receiver one this week. I have him as my wide receiver fifteen this week. Jason. Tim, when Michael said Rudolph, did you go to the microphone to say Rudolph? What? Or was it a coincidence that right when Michael said Rudolph, you, like, like with a vengeance, put your head towards the microphone? And oh, just kept no. Yourself from oh, speaking? that's what you're saying. You know, yeah, I was going to correct him. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know who Rudolph is. I don't know who this person is. For those not watching, it was pretty hilarious. He doesn't Tim. exist. It's Rudolph. Yeah, no one's you, watching. You can see there. the fury. No one's watching. They're listening. I st- guys, uh, I just started listening to podcasts on two times speed. I've made my way You're nuts, to man. that That's nuts. echelon. That's nuts. It's it's fun. <laughs> but Irv Smith, uh, playing admirab- admirably well for a rookie tight end. Uh, seeing a decent amount of numbers. He's honestly seeing nearly as many targets as Stephon Diggs, which is crazy. But that's also why Stephon Diggs has been struggling. And Kyle Rudolph is the clear red zone favorite on that team at the moment. Uh, he's just been scoring touchdowns up the gazoo. Uh, not very far from the end zone when he's catching them. So in that case, I'm not going to bank on our Irv Smith 80 yard catch and run touchdown. I don't think anyone is Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think that's a, that's pretty, pretty much the consensus. Wait, you, the rookie tight end with zero touchdowns. Isn't going to catch an 80 yard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, My point is, he has to do that to be start worthy. <laughs> Suck yeah. it. What about Olabisi Johnson and Laquad Treadwell? Are you giving any thought to starting them? So apparently, Olabisi Johnson's Bissy name Johnson. is just Bissy now. <laughs> Bissy, yeah, everyone just calls him Bissy. I don't know when that happened, but no, you can't trust those guys. And this is obviously assuming Adam Thielen's out. He's not practicing, so I'm guessing that's a correct assumption. So you're not a big fan of Stefan Diggs. You guys like Kyle Rudolph, but not really. Like you, you like him. Eh. Um, you're not a fan of the two guys. You like Dalvin Cook, so what does it say about Kirk Cousins? Is he a start this week? Well, I just want to hear something funny real quick. Uh, I typed in, I googled Olabisi Johnson to see if, yeah, the Vikings website has his name as Bissy Johnson. That's probably just like, you know, when you get on, you know, you could change your name like that. I put on. Carlos Stanton type shit, but 
I just wanted to say because I, I won't shout out the website name because but this is a funny ass headline. It says Olabisi Johnson is a better fantasy option than Akil Harry, but not as good as Jarius Wright the rest of the season. <laughs> like, first of all, stupid ass headline. <laughs> Second of all, Jarius Wright, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, who's starting Jarius Wright? That's not the right call. Nope. But look, yeah, Kirk Cousins, I'm not super high on him this week, man. Uh Denver's coming off a bye and uh it's a tough matchup. Kirk Cousins has had games this year where he hasn't been super productive because of the the matchup. So I think it's more of a Dalvin Cook type game, and he could be decent, but I don't really expect more than like 16 to 18 points for Cousins. Man, if any of you guys knew what happened during the time checks, you would maybe <laughs> stop listening to us. All right, um, let's go over to the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. The Atlanta Falcons... Owners of one of the most surprising games of the year last year, when last, last week, week when they beat um, the Saints. Uh, but with that being said, man, DJ Moore has been fantastic. Curtis Samuel has been fantastic. But what has been blocking them from really shining is the fact that they're the only team in the NFL has that has more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns. So Christian McCaffrey, because Christian McCaffrey's on the squad. So Christian McCaffrey, we won't even have to talk about him. He's a every week number one guy, right? Period. So let's talk about DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and Jarius Wright. <laughs> uh, let's talk about these guys because they've been fantastic. Curtis Samuel's been seeing the touchdowns. DJ Moore has been seeing the targets and the yards. Um, does that continue in this game? It is DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel week, folks. Woo! I'm not buying into Atlanta's sudden burst of defensive energy last week against New Orleans. I'm just not buying into it. It was a trap game from the beginning for New Orleans. It's a division opponent, and the Falcons always play them tough. I'm just not buying into it. And like you said, they've both been very solid lately, Samuel and DJ Moore. Samuel scoring the touchdown, DJ Moore racking up the yards. I think they both uh, have super, super solid games this week. I have DJ Moore as a high-end wide receiver two and Curtis Samuel as a mid-range wide receiver two. I'm firing them both up happily. Jason? I mean, if they're going to score a touchdown against any team, and also Samuel scored last week, so it's not like they're not finding it in general. DJ Moore, just a little unlucky that he only has one. Atlanta's a good team to attack. They're home, too. They're uh, so ridiculously bad against wide receivers, too, outside of and, last week. And these well, receivers have high floors. Like, I, didn't re- I don't really... Love them because the upside's not there, but they've established very high floors at this point. That they have. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's the Christian McCaffrey. Don't got to talk about him. What about Greg Olson? Gregory. He had a, another mini coming out party last week. It was nice for fantasy owners because he didn't find the end zone, but he did go eight for ninety-eight. He hasn't had a game like that since week three, which is saying a lot because it's a six-week span of. Not being very fantasy viable. Kyle Allen went to him in the clutch, too. Yeah, that, that, to that throw in the snow on the sideline on the last drive was glorious. Made Kyle Allen take a step up in my book. But, yeah, if you own Greg Olson, uh, you probably are do not have one of the big tight ends. So you're likely going to start him. I have my as my tight end eight this week. He got ten targets again, man. First time this season he's reached uh, double-digit targets. Atlanta is not good against the tight end. So it should be a solid week for Greg Olson as well. Got to attack the pass catchers. I, uh, this, this is an outlier. You expect Greg Olson to see 10 targets no. every week? 
It was the first time he reached 10 targets last week. That's my point. Just saying Before he's that involved was... and it's against Atlanta. Before that, it was 4 2 7 2 5. Like, All right, Jay. I, where, I think... where, who are you going to start over Greg Olson? Well, that's the issue. But I, I'm just going to say I think this is a fool's gold game. I think that people are going to be happy that they have Greg Olson in their lineup, but they're not going to be happy with the results. I don't think anyone should but ever be happy about Greg Olson being in their in lineup. In this matchup, you kind of have to start him. So, just because tight ends suck. Yeah, and specifically, uh, Atlanta sucks against the tight end, 21st in DVOA. So, I mean, which is not horrible, but it's it, it's bad. Um, does Kyle Allen have any streaming appeal in this one? Ivan's my 13th QB, so yes. He just has to throw what? for touchdowns, and if he's ever going to throw for touchdowns, it's going to be this week. I agree with You're, Michael. I think yeah, he has he has streaming game. potential for sure. Jay, you want to bet he ends? You guys a, love mediocre ass quarterbacks. You want to huh? bet he ends as a top fifteen stream quarterback? Stream Derek Carr. Stream Jacoby Brissett. Stream Kyle Allen. Fuck those Not, guys. Every and no, we've never said that. I don't think I've no, ever. No, when said I when Derek I Carr tried to say <laughs> Derek Carr is a good start, Jason made fun of me, and then Derek Carr put up twenty five. Haha. Ha. So shut up. He does Jay. not have 25 this season. I'm the so captain now. You're wrong. I'm the captain. He put up like 23 then. Go look like two or three weeks ago. I'm the captain Houston, now. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, douche. All right. So I'm going to write down that you're accepting this bet, right? Like I don't know Kyle what it is, but yeah. Kyle Allen is a top 15 QB. 15? You have him at 13. Why are you cutting it? Why are you making it bigger? Nah, that's are how best kidding? work. Yeah. Just accept the damn bet, you wimp. Accept the best half. That's the top half of the league. Yeah, top half. Of, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you two top fourteen. You take that bet. You take it deep. Yeah, you take that. <laughs> bet. You take that bet. Right in the back. I, I'm never gonna put Kyle Allen in my lineup and be happy about it. So that's where I'll leave. Speaking it. about a guy who I'll never be happy about putting in my lineup, Matt Ryan uh, leads the Atlanta Falcons. Um, let's talk about the most important player in this game, and I think that's Brian Hill. Because he was the number one waiver wire pickup for a lot of guys. I saw someone in one of my leagues drop, get wait for it, 70 fab on Brian Hill. For yeah, me, see. I picked up Brian Hill. I was lucky enough to play in one league that did not have fab because I basically spent up all my fab in the other leagues. Lucky you. And I won the, the uh, contest to have him because I was the number one waiver priority. And I'm starting him over Sonny Michelle. Lucky you. I love this matchup. The Carolina has been... Uh, dreadful against the running back. We mentioned last week that Derrick Henry was almost, uh, I said bet your mortgage on Derrick Henry getting in the end zone, and that's because he's playing a defensive line that gets to the quarterback really well, yeah, but can't stop a nosebleed in terms of running. So I like Brian Hill. I think that he's going to have a good game. What do, what do you guys think? He is in 15, a tremendous spot. 15 running backs have put up top 36 performances against the Panthers this year. Uh, eight of those were RB1s. So... It's a great spot. I mean, Carolina is one of the worst-run defenses in the league, and Brian Hill. Edo Smith is out, too, so let's just not say Freeman. It's basically the Brian Hill show. Fire him up. In one league, uh, I had all of my fab left still because I drafted a pretty good team, and I didn't ever spend my fab on anyone. I dropped 55 out of the 100 on Brian Hill. Damn. That's a lot. But, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, we, we discussed this on the patron-only waiver pod. Become a patron if you want to hear that type of stuff. But, um, look, guys, I want to talk about the receivers real quick, though. I'm sorry for, for jumping into this. Nah, but we talked about him on the Patreon show, patreon.com. It's because me and Jason didn't like Calvin Ridley coming out Tim of college. Yes, if it was what I said. It's brother fantasy. Brother fantasy. Uh, go fuck yourself. Some Tim. of the old habits die hard. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Look, me and Jason didn't like Calvin Ridley coming out of college. Not really, like, at all. 
And then he had a very good first season as a rookie, and we were like, all right, maybe we're wrong about this guy. I, I didn't concede it. Yeah, well, I didn't I didn't draft him. I drafted him in one spot only uh, to take a shot on him. And maybe he's just really not that good because the fact that he's not getting more targets and not producing more in this type of offensive environment is just boggling my mind. Like, if he was really that good, he'd be getting more targets than Russell Gage and whatever Price or whoever had their first two catches ever last week. It's just mind-boggling to me. But I, you can't quit on the damn guy because now Austin Hooper and Devontae Freeman are out. How does he not see 8 to 12 targets? So Calvin Ridley has been one of the most frustrating owns. He really let me down last week with only three receptions for 28 yards. Even started the game with a 19-yard rush, which made it seem like it was going to go well. It's just It's been super frustrating being a Calvin Ridley owner. But now this week he gets Carolina. With James Bradbury and company, James Bradbury's been their best cornerback. He'll probably be lined up on Julio. So uh, he'll be going up against Ross Cockrell, Dante Jackson, and others who aren't. It's not the worst matchups of all time. So it's just, I, I think he's a high-end wide receiver three this week with some upside. But, man, has Calvin Ridley been frustrating. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he has been. I mean, there's nothing much to say. What else could I say? It's yeah. frustrating. Um, what about Russell Gage and, and Julio Jones? Russell Gage has some wide receiver three PPR appeal. Uh, he really just he just slotted into the Muhammad Sanu role, and he's seeing the targets. Uh, hasn't found the end zone, so his points aren't there. I mean, last week he only had four catches for 23 yards. It's not going to kill you in full PPR. Uh, the week before, he had seven catches. So he, he's basically Mohamed Sanu a little worse. And I never really liked starting Mohamed Sanu, but in full PPR, it, there's something to work with. I mean, he's he hasn't been Mohamed Sanu, though. He's worse. Yeah, so he'll, he'll be, he's very tough to trust. Uh, Julio? I mean, you got to fire up Julio, even against Julio! James Bradbury. <laughs> the lockdown corner, James Bradbury. Hey, but... he's actually kind of on that level. He wasn't on that level three years ago when the... the Oh man, well, but well, he's had mucho success against Bradbury in the past. For those of you he's guys, for those of you guys, by the way, who have been um, who've been with us for a while, we appreciate it. We'll never let ESPN live down the fact that two years ago they said that you should fade Julio Jones because James Bradbury is guarding him. I think that's yeah. when he put up like his three hundred yard. Yeah, game yeah and he had three hundred yards against him. A three hundred yard game for a wide receiver is absolutely ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's not human. Yeah. Well, Julio's not human. Uh, we're human, and we're coming back to you with the next episode with the rest of the games. Uh, you know, I was going to say soon, but really whenever you want to listen to it. Michael, where could they find you? Mike on the score patrop. Yasun? Uh, real quick, Austin Hooper is out for a few weeks. That's why we didn't mention uh, the Titans. Yeah, don't Jason start Patrick. Luke Stalker. And finally, at Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, frisky. real, real frisky. Don't forget to go to BrotoFantasy.com for all things Broto and true target and true throw values, which is the truest stat that's going to get you the truest picture true. of who is going to have the truest fantasy success. True. True. Um, also, don't forget Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy if you want to become a patron. Nailed get, it. Our, get an extra episode and contribute to the show that we love doing so much. And with that being said... We will see you whenever we see you because see you, you got the play button. See you at another Peoples. time. Later. Oh, drop a comment and drop a review. Later. True.